This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Well, Deanna, it's good to sit down with you again after a summer break from the analysis and to begin to think about and discuss uh, what's going on in our our world that uh, needs a biblical perspective. And that's what we're attempting to do. That's what we try to do. And so I'm excited to come back into a season of those conversations with you. And what we've dealt with and and been thinking about and processing has to do with uh, really touching all of our world from the fact that um, we we have uh, political turmoil in our society. We have uh, the attempt to appoint a new Supreme Court justice uh, and how to respond to that and our feelings about all that to the simple thing of our our kids are about to go back into school, those that are raising kids, and they're going to enter into all kinds of conversations and opportunities with us and with friends. And we've been thinking about and talking about how do we exist in, in this world as Christians and balance content with where God has us, content with circumstances we're in, and confronting those circumstances or confronting those relationships uh, and being used as an agent of change. And that's what we've been just kind of thinking through and and talking about and and really dealing with in our world, whether we've categorized it that way or not. I think that's where most Christians are walking today. Yeah, it really reminds me of just even our kids going back to school and dealing with relationships. It it comes down to loving your neighbors yourself and really doing what's best for the community and having a God-centered mindset for, for every relationship and aspect. It reminds me, too, of, you know, we're going to be voting on different things in the future. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with the uncertainty or the uncomfortable things that we face and challenges every day and one of the things that i've just thought about recently is just this idea of contentment and it and it's kind of runs throughout scripture and when when do i really trust god and and stay silent on things Mm -hmm. or restrain my thinking in a situation or when do I confront a situation and sort of not demand change, but maybe press for change? That yeah. might be a better way of, yeah. of saying it. And when I, when I think about it personally, I think about it in every aspect from my children to my husband to my finances. And I, I'm, I'm thinking just recently of a situation that happened with a computer. Mm. And the agent on the other end wasn't in line with where I was going. And so I was trying to think, okay, how do I restrain my words, press for change, because this has to be changed, but not lose the identity of Christ. And I think that these are really issues that are facing us politically, publicly, 
uh, in our relationships and and in the church. Yeah, and it looks different depending on when we're we're interacting with unbelievers versus interacting with believers. It, it looks different when we're dealing with someone that we know really well versus someone that we've barely barely talked to before. And whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, like there's so many factors at play, um, and we can feel this pressure of I'm supposed to, as a Christian, I'm supposed to be salt and light. And so if I'm not kind of creating change and having this massive influence all the time, I'm somehow out of God's will. Like there seems to be a pressure for that Mm -hmm. right now upon Christians in the society. And maybe it's because it feels like society needs so much change. Um, But I look at Paul's world and... And in, in, in where he lived, you think about cities like Corinth and Ephesus and how much worldliness and pagan uh, worship was in those societies. And uh, like he was influencing and changing, mm-hmm. but he was doing it in a way that was, he was speaking to individuals. He was preaching the gospel to those who came to hear. He wasn't kind of railing against the culture mm-hmm. and the society. He was just preaching the kingdom of God and letting people come to Christ. And none of those books end with, and Corinth became this Christianized city. <laughs> right? It, it, they, those letters kind of end with, and so as you come to Christ, you're going to be, you're going to be persecuted for that faithfulness. And here's how you live in that. And, and here's how you continue to like, you're a Christian now, so therefore, love your family well, train your children, be a witness, and suffer well under persecution. Like those seem to be the mm-hmm. common kind of commands that come after the therefores of all of his letters, and and, and yet I feel, and and this may be my feeling, but I feel this pressure on Christians to, if we're not changing our society. We're failing in our walk. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that we get misguided when we try to change our society through the ideas of wanting it to be something that we have in mind, like a desire that we have. Yeah. I think a better way of viewing the public square and our high schools or your banks or wherever you're working, Target, McDonald's, it doesn't matter. I think the... I, I, I think the better focus is to is to pursue through relationships of planting seeds and allowing God to work in the midst of that. And it reminds me of the seed and the sower, right? Mark yeah. chapter four. What happens in Mark chapter four? It says that, you know, there was this sower and the sower goes out to plant some seeds along the road and different things happen to that seed. Yeah. Um, but along the way, Jesus explains and he says, you know, the seed sower is out and the seeds, the seeds are the gospel and the gospel envelops loving God and loving your neighbors yourself. So living in a community, learning how to live in a community and doing all of those things. But what's interesting to me about the seed and the sower is, is that he goes out and he plants the seed and later on, you know, he goes home and he goes to bed. Yeah. And he wakes up and it's grown. Yeah. 
And I just wonder if we're ever content with allowing God to do the work. Yeah. You know, can we really go plant the seed and then then allow God to do the work without thinking that we need to change it like every second? We need to say more, do more. There's a special yeah. word to make this relationship better, to change this law. We have something that we can contribute yeah. to make this change. But the reality is, what are we really trying to do? Yeah. We're trying to share the gospel so that people can know and love God, mm-hmm. love their neighbors, self, and that's going to play out in all those spheres. Yeah, yeah. It, it it reminds me of something that I heard recently. We've we've been sharing a, a parenting video and resource with our families in our our church, and uh, one of the ladies they were interviewing said, "You know, all of us could create a high achiever out of our children." Uh, and, and when I hear her say that, I hear say, we could make an influencer, right? Like we could, we could create somebody that could be an influencer in the world. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's easy to do that. You yell and scream at them. You pour a lot of money into them. You create really high expectations for them. And you demand that they achieve that. And they can become a high achiever, uh, but they're probably living only chasing after more money and wanting to repeat that cycle with their own kids and their life is empty uh, and they know it. And you go, like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to just get a certain result. Like, is that, is that my goal? Because scripture doesn't show us God after a certain result. If that was the case, if, if his, if God's goal was, was simply, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have the perfect society on this earth, like at Adam and Eve, he could have walked that off, created a bunch of people that could never disobey him, and put together a group of existing human beings that are in the new heaven and the new earth. But he wasn't doing that. He was he was revealing his character and love and grace and mercy and bringing the Savior to fix something that we break through our sin. And so God was patient. And we can be really impatient in waiting on change. Like the unfolding of the Savior came over thousands of years yeah. from the time sin entered the world. And I see a problem in somebody's life and it needs to be different tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I see a problem in the world and I want it fixed right now. And I have to make that happen or I feel the pressure to make that happen, or I go to make it happen, and oftentimes find myself making things worse. Yeah, and that's really a lot of my personality and temperament, is to think, oh, there's something there that I need to fix. I remember, you know, I've been married, I must, uh, let's see, 21 years now, right? I look back and I think on that first year of marriage, and I think... Wow, I wanted to fix everything that that I could foresee happening mm-hmm. the first year. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter if I foresaw it when I was 50. I was going to fix it that year. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we think that way. We have this idea or an ideal of yeah. what should be. Yeah. And sometimes those things are good. I mean, we've we've uh, had Establish laws that are really, really good to protect the innocent and punish the wicked. Right. But they typically don't happen overnight. Yeah. And so how do we as Christians learn to be 
content in situations and learn at the same time to confront when it when it needs to be confronted yeah right yeah. and not lose our identity of Christ in the in the confrontation of that all promoting that change yeah. I think this is really a, an issue of of continuing to have God before us daily asking him yeah. grant us a wisdom to walk through this yeah. help us to see this to not try to control the situation yeah but pour him into the idea or the climate of the situation. Yeah, because there is a role to confront. There, mm-hmm. there is a role to take a stand against the schemes of the devil and against the enemy. And, and there's times that you go to an individual to confront sin. And there, there's times that you, you need to take a stand culturally against the way things are going. And knowing when to balance that, knowing when to wait and pray and seek the Lord and knowing when to stand up and say, no, we're not going to, we're not going to allow this. But I think we have mechanisms for most of that. Um, It becomes for me most difficult, I think at the personal level Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, when there's conflict between human beings and you want to fix it and you want to make it right and waiting on the Lord to work in your heart and their heart uh, versus I got to go right now and we got to deal with this and we got to we got to fix this. They need to see their fault in this and they need to immediately seek forgiveness for that and their their behavior needs to change right now or I can't have anything to do with them and those are hard like how much do you wait and how much do you confront and that's where it gets really difficult for me and that's where our kids are on an everyday basis as they walk through their life with peers and friends and teachers Uh, that's where we are in the church on a regular basis any given Sunday you show up and you enter into conflict with somebody and all you did I was coming to church to worship and fellowship (laughs) and all of a sudden what is going on you know and do I walk away from that and just pray and wait, or do I pull them aside and we got to fix this? And I, I don't know, you know. And it can be different every circumstance, mm-hmm. and walking in that balance can be really hard. I think that's the beauty of Scripture: is that God is unfolding His design and the way that we live with one another, and He doesn't give us a phone book. Yeah. You know, we don't go down the line and say, oh, there it is. That's the one I need. No, what we do is we walk through Scripture and we learn that God is unfolding these ideas and ways to live with one another through 66 books. Right? And so there's no cookie-cutter approach, and, and that's what we don't try to necessarily leave, but... At the same time, there are a couple of things that that we can think about. And if you're thinking about, you know, there's a situation before me and I'm trying to decipher, should I be content in this, stay with it, pray and allow the Lord to leave me in this situation? Uh, Is there a time to confront it? Is there a time to press for change? All of these things must be evaluated and, you know, walking through the Proverbs and walking through the wisdom books mm-hmm. and, and asking the Lord, you know, bind kindness around my neck yeah. so that when I'm in this situation, you know, you allow me not to 
take control of the situation with what I want, but you're allowing it to unfold the way that you want. And that may mean that I'm supposed to change. I think another thing to consider is who's in authority. God has put certain people in Mm -hmm. authority. So say, for example, in my school, if I want something to change and I am just determined that it should change, I may bring it before my administration. I may have some conversations, but at the end of the day, all I can do is plant seeds, go home and go to bed and see what God does. Because the reality is he's only given me so much authority in my positions. And so there are times where I, I can confront or say things, but that doesn't mean that it's going to change in my direction. And even then, if it doesn't, then it might be that maybe God is changing me. Yeah. Maybe He's moving me. You, right. know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Very much so. Yeah. And 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 in the law, if we think that way in the government, you know, I can breathe things forward. And you mentioned a second ago. You said, you know, one of the ways that I promote change is I vote. Yeah. But. After you vote, if it doesn't go your way, your response isn't, I'm going to go stand at the street and yell, right? right. Yeah. So there's just got to be Well, that's ways my that response, we... but yeah. not, it doesn't need to be every... No, not really. <laughs> but I mean, you know, those are some of the things that we need to think through. Think about the wisdom books. Think about who's in authority. Yeah. Think about whether or not God is asking you, you need to be content in this. Or maybe he's calling you to confront. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe he's calling you to press, but it ought to be in a manner that your identity remains in Christ. And I got to tell you, I'm saying this. I haven't always been (laughs) successful because my flesh has won out a time or two, maybe three or four. But, anyways, we're not going there. I'm just saying we should be striving toward the holiness of God. Yeah. Yeah. Contentment uh, really drives us to prayer. And as you were talking about, you know, the the sower sows the seeds, and God does this work. There are certain soils that uh, He has prepared already that receive the seed, and others that aren't prepared yet, and they don't receive the seed. And the sower, at the end of the day, goes home and goes to bed and rejoices over what grows. And that really, in our life, is we we do what we can do, then we pray and wait. And one of the things prayer does is we we think prayer is only effective when it moves the heart of God and He He begins to change things in the way that we've envisioned it. But prayer is also successful when we pray and He begins to change our hearts, mm-hmm. uh, or He begins to reveal a new path to us. And so prayer is us really talking to God and connecting with God and letting Him speak to us as well. And so. Um, Sometimes when we think, I'm praying for this change, I'm praying for this change, but it's not changing, nothing's happening. No, if you're really praying and seeking God and He's changing you, something is happening. Or you're just fellowshipping with Him more, or you're trusting Him more, or you're growing independence more. Something's happening. And, and we've got to stop and evaluate that side of it. And and that's what we went back to with the Apostle Paul. I We, we began with this idea of contentment, and confrontation and and Paul um, really just wanted to be content and it was in Second Corinthians twelve where he said I'm well content with weakness with insult with distress with persecution with difficulty for Christ's sake for when I'm weak then I'm strong 
and just in his own struggles, learning and struggling for contentment, regardless of the external circumstances, what was wrong with him physically or what was going on to attack him, I'm learning to be content and trust and wait on the Lord. So that's our that's our hope and challenge, I think, as we lead this conversation today. It, it's been good. Thank, thank you for your thoughts, and thank you for listening. God bless.